African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. Remember, we are on DSTV. Thank you for listening to us on the channel 802 on the audio bouquet. We're also on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. That's when we broadcast to our friends on the continent of Africa. If you're listening to us on on our website, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za where you can stream us live. Well... Today on our show, we'll be looking at Africa Month specials. We're going to have a real pro-Africa shows once a week uh, in this month of uh, May, looking at Africa Month. And uh, today we're looking at uh, this great discovery on the African continent, the newest relative to human beings, Homo naledi, discovered two years ago in Africa's richest site of a fossil hominin side in the cradle of humankind west of Johannesburg, South Africa. More discoveries have been made around this hominin and also they've got a new new discovery and we'll talk about the significance of this and what it means to the continent and what it means for Africa to make these discoveries but uh, the newest relative to human beings Homo naledi which was discovered two years ago in Africa's richest uh, site of fossil hominin site and the cradle of humankind which is west of Johannesburg South Africa is believed to be alive uh, between uh, 200 and 36 and 335,000 years ago. Uh, this is the finding of a group of scientists who have been scrapping for more evidence when a lady was discovered to corroborate their theories of human evolution. Now, the discovery, according to scientists, suggests that Naledi likely lived alongside Homo sapiens or first humans in Africa. It further adds onto the story one of the greatest fossil discoveries of the past half century and what it might mean for understanding of human evolution. Well, let's listen to the announcement that was made uh, before we go to our guest by uh, uh, Professor Lee Berger, who really announced this big moment uh, in terms of what's happening in this field. You may remember to remind you back in 2015, we announced to the world the Dinaledi Chamber. It was a chamber that was full of fossil hominids, something completely unprecedented in the history of paleoanthropology. This little chamber from a tiny excavation in a clearing of the floor at that time resulted in the discovery of something like 1,500 individual hominid remains. To place that in perspective, the richest fossil hominid site on the continent of Africa at that time was the site of Sturkfontein, which was literally just across the road, which had just over 600 fossil hominids at that time. And it was an extraordinary cache of hominids, something that we organized an unprecedentedly large team together to analyze of scientists who came from all over the world, across Africa, across South Africa, and across all the continents, to work on this material to analyze it. And of course, we named a new species, Homo naledi. 
Homo naledi very quickly became a very well-known species, perhaps the best-known species of early hominid ever discovered simply because we had so much. I would remind you that we had at that time from uh, fetal-aged individuals to the elderly, something like 15 individuals that we'd recovered from that chamber. And it's important to note that there are potentially thousands and thousands of remains still inside of that chamber waiting to be recovered, remains that we are leaving for future generations of scientists or being cautious in extraction with for technology to meet the difficulty of working in this environment. Of course, the critical issue at the time was how old was Homo naledi? I have never been asked more about dating since I was 16 years old over the last several years um, because it was understood to be critical to understand where was the place of this. What was Homo naledi, this unusual small-brained hominid that was clearly a member of our genus but different in so many ways from anything we had seen before, both primitive and advanced in many ways. Well, today I am pleased to tell you that we can tell you that Homo naledi is, please with the next slide, 236,000 to 335,000 years before present. That, ladies and gentlemen, is surprising. When we announced Homo naledi and others as well as ourselves looked at it, the idea was based on its morphology, it would probably be millions of years in age, perhaps even older than two and a half million years in age due to the nature of its anatomy being at the very, very root of the genus Homo. It probably is that old, the species itself. It's clear the species comes from deep time. But this population comes down in time very, very, very close to us. I know many of you who are not in this field may think hundreds of thousands of years is a very long time. It's not. Because that date also corresponds here in southern Africa with the origins of the genus Homo itself. That is, uh, uh, of Homo sapiens themselves. And it is very possible that Homo naledi, this small brain non-human species, actually encountered Homo sapiens. That is uh, Professor Lieberg there uh, really speaking about these new discoveries that are being made at the uh, cradle of humankind right there at uh, the very, very much complex uh, cave system there which is uh, taking place, the Sedi chambers. And uh, we know that also there was another fossil that was uh, fine there. But let's come to our guests and just speak to them before we look at the other discoveries that was discovered there, why this is an important moment for not just South Africa, but for the continent of Africa. We're looking at Africa Month, and this is our Africa Month special. As I mentioned, this is a great time to have the story. We've got Dr. Robin Drinen, who is a Director of Research Development at Wits University. And also we've got uh, uh, Michael Woosnip, who is the Managing uh, Director at Marupeng, that is the, uh, the very much known center of uh, humankind here in South Africa, which is the cradle of humankind. I want to start with you, Dr. Adrenin, in terms of the importance of, of this discovery. Where does it put us uh, on the continent when it comes to the uh, paleoanthropology industry? So good morning, Benjamin, and to the listeners, uh, please call me Robin. Uh, this is a fantastic finding, and it really puts Wits, uh, South Africa and the African continent at the very center of the 
the beginnings of our human species and, and this common ancestry that we all have. And so the, the ramifications are, are important for understanding ourselves, our history, and our, our, our very interrelation between humans across, across the planet. And, and so, you know, it has scientific benefits and, and, and uh, you know, impact on the, on the world of paleoanthropology, but it has much broader uh, ramifications for, for, you know, um, social social cohesion, social identity, and it's really nice for a university like this, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic researchers to be part of this and trying to make a contribution to, to African identity. And in terms of the research when it comes to this industry, I, I, you know, I, the last time we really did speak to the professors themselves who were part of the discovery initially when it happened uh, years back, we actually had them on our program and we had all the scientific uh, explanations when it comes to the significance of uh, these uh, hominins and why they're very significant in terms of study. But how big is this uh, issue of uh, you know the, the the industry itself and being being centralized at this cha- uh, this uh, particular chamber. I know there's still more that is done, and people are coming all over from the continent right here to South Africa. Uh, people are coming from outside the continent to really really pick their brains on what's happening in this regard in terms of human evolution. Where does this put South Africa in terms of research, uh, um, Robin? So Benjamin, um, the the point that Professor Lee Berger made in your introduction was 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 very real. This is the the largest uh, collection of of these fossils uh, found in any one place, in not in South Africa but in the world, and so it it really has significance. Now I know there's a lot of debate, and and that's part of the science process, the research process sure. that people put forward postulates based on 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 the data, and others argue against it. There are arguments around this, but but the the experts, Professor Lieberger and his colleagues, are suggesting that it it's impossible that all of these fossils can be in one place, these these remains in one place, as a result of accidentally falling down a hole or something like that. So there's a sense there that that there's some sort of uh, you know if not burial certainly taking care of, mm-hmm. of of the of the deceased and and that's certainly a very human uh, so, trait and you mm-hmm. know we, we archaeologists study um, anthropology from a from and and they often study burial processes sure. uh, and gives you huge insights into the society at the time and so now this is a an insight to 236,000 year old society that's not even uh, homo sapiens it's it's another hominid people person like species but not a, a, a human species showing possible traits of of this burial. So this is hugely significant, and you're right to say, Benjamin, that it's attracted people from across the world. It's attracted a lot of interest and criticism, but as I repeat, that's how the science system works. Nothing is cut and dry. We debate it. Mm -hmm. We show the evidence, and eventually we uh, support our theories, uh, and, and they gain traction. So the, the, once again, and to conclude, the, the impact is really significant. This is, this is like um, 
you know, Albert Einstein's 1905 paper on special relativity, it's changed the way we think about these uh, uh, species. Mm. Let me move on to you, Michael, uh, the managing director of Marupeng. I'm sure this actually makes your world a little bit more fun and your job a little more interesting, uh, that it seems like your curating is now extended and more and more uh, Marupeng has more things to exhibit and show off, right? Hey? Absolutely. Um, good morning to you and to the listeners as well. I, I mean, I was I was here when um, uh, Harmony Levy was first exhibited, uh, and that was only for a month in 2015. And we had something like 3,500 people coming through per day. Wow. Uh, that's an ex- astonishing amount of people. Uh, we are going to be exhibiting from the 25th of this month, and uh, we're going to have a slightly more extended stay for Homer and Lady. This time we're going to be showing all of the bones. So it really will be a huge exhibition. And I'm expecting the same kind of interest from not only from South Africa, but also from the continent of Africa and uh, the world. I mean, we have always made the point about in the Cradle of Humankind that the Cradle of Humankind is not Sturkfontein. The Cradle of Humankind is Africa. The Cradle of Humankind is the continent of Africa. And so we are here to celebrate our African identity and origin as a species. And it's a marvelous thing to be part of. You know, Michael, what's interesting about it, it, it brings me back to this idea that you're talking about, that this is an African heritage. Most of the time, we think these things are very much far-fetched from our ordinary lives. And I've never been to the cradle of humankind, and I've been doing these stories now and then, and I'd love to come there very soon. Maybe you'll invite me on the 25th of you, May. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, what's great about this is the fact that it is a story that we're telling of the origins and it, we break a lot of myths about what Africa is and what the continent is and these scientific conclusions or continuous uh, evaluations make us think more about what Africa represents. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is the birthplace of our species. You don't get more significant than that. And, and these finds that have been found now by Professor Lee Berger and his team uh, raise into, put into very sharp focus, what does it mean to be human? We have to consider that again from all sorts of perspectives, not only from a scientific point of, point of view, from a religious point of view, from every other point of view. That is the question, what does it mean to be human? Because Marupeng and the Cradle of Humankind World Heritage Site is basically a site which celebrates human development from its earliest beginnings, and we're going back, right back in, in, in Stokefontein, back to 3.5, 3.67 million years, with a little uh, skeleton, to uh, our present, and what uh, makes us start talking about, what are we talking about mm. in the future? Mm. We're going to. Mm. Well, I'm going to take so, sure. Well, I'm going to take a quick break. Stay with me, gents, and uh, I'm going to continue this conversation with you after this break. And we'll also look at the other very interesting discovery that was made there, which is another part of Homo Naledi, uh, which has been titled Neo, uh, which uh, was discovered this time around. And it's very fascinating to see what's happening here at Sterkfontein and uh, to see what's happening in terms of those uh, uh, caves. And it's an different, different world from what me and you are used to on an ordinary day. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. 
If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives. Good news for our listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Well, that's Channel Africa telling the African story. And we've been following this story for a long time. Homo Naledi, when the discoveries were, came out, we spoke to these professors and uh, really trying to figure out what does this actually mean. And we coming back to the newest finds. And if you're just joining us, uh, it has been said that uh, uh, really when you look at this Homo Naledi in uh, its young age and the fact that uh, it was alive between 335 and 236,000 years ago. The big, big thing here is that we didn't really know which age or time the Homo naledi existed, but the big thing here is that this makes them possibly the first species of hominid that lived alongside humans on, on the continent. So this is a big moment for uh, the African continent and also for the world of paleoanthropology. Now, we're joined on the line by Dr. Robin Drinen, who is the Director of Research Development at the Wits University, and Michael Wosnip, who is in the uh, Managing Director uh, position at uh, Marupeng, which is the uh, cradle of human. Mankind. And we're just having a frank, maybe a more lighter uh, conversation about uh, what's happening there. But before we move on, let's listen to uh, Professor John Hawkes, who is speaking really about uh, uh, the new discovery. And they call this discovery NEO. And uh, let's listen just a little bit to what he had to say about this new find. And uh, uh, it's also going to be displayed soon. The partial skeleton uh, of Homo naledi from this chamber, uh, we have named Neo. Uh, the name means gift in the Sasutu uh, language. And, and as, as a partial skeleton, it is remarkable in the, in the preservation of different regions of the skeleton. Every region of the skeleton is represented except for the lower leg and the feet. Um, we have representation of nearly all of the, of the distinctive characteristics of Homo naledi in this skeleton and the other remains from the chamber. Um, it is really quite extraordinary. A comparison of the skull, nearly complete skull of Neo here on the left, and the most complete of the crania from the Dinaledi chamber, the DH1 skull, our type specimen Homo naledi on the right, emphasizes the incredible similarity of these specimens. Um, you know, it, it's very clear that we're looking at the same thing here. And, and I'll show you some of the details of this that reinforce that. You know, we've obviously undertaken a very systematic study. Um, you know, Paul was complaining about the length of their paper on the, on the dating, uh, and, and I can say that our paper describing the hominid remains is, is longer. Um, it is incredibly detailed. It is one of the most detailed studies allocating a new fossil discovery to a species that's ever been undertaken, and it covers the entirety of this skeleton. 
What Neo gives us for the first time is the ability to look into the face of Homo naledi. Uh, those very fragile bones of the face are one of the parts of the skeleton that is very poorly preserved in what we have to date from the Dinaledi chamber. Um, it left some gaps in our understanding of, of these hominin remains, which, which cover almost every part of the skeleton. Nail fills in those gaps. We have preserved the incredibly fragile nasal bones, the bones of the inner eye orbit, the, the fragile tear ducts, the very thin bones of the face. And for the first time, we can, we can see what the face of this species really looked like. Well, that's the voice of Professor John Hawkes, who was speaking at uh, the announcements of these new discoveries that are taking place in the center, not far away from where I am. Maybe it's an hour or so uh, from where I am in Johannesburg, the cradle of humankind. I've never been there. It's always fascinated me. I need to go. I really need to go this time around because this is very fascinating stuff. And uh, let me come to you, Robin, in terms of uh, just these new discoveries with Neo, and I know that there was a new chamber that was discovered with the uh, Naledi chamber, the Lisedi chamber, which offers new possibilities now. Uh, absolutely. So uh, these, this new chamber is even harder to access, and so the, the point that we were making earlier about it's not by accident that these fossils are found there. That argument is made much so much stronger. And as you heard uh, Professor John Hawkes talking about, uh, these latest, uh, the NAO fossil has uh, shown some uh, fine detail around the facial uh, features of the, of the species that were missing in previous findings. And, and why that's significant is that the paleoanthropologists uh, they they uh, approach the the subject from different backgrounds. So Professor Paul Dirks, for example, comes it to to it from a geology point of view, and John Hawkes comes it from a from an anatomy point of view. Sure. And uh, they so they study the fine detail of these skulls. You know, when I look at them, I see a skull. When they look at it, they see millimeter differences of shape and size, and these fine That's details gives them an insight into what the person what what the the creature what the species what the animal i'm not sure the right word but <laughs> what that the individual mm. ate and 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 you know all sorts of information about the hopefully their social life as well as the individual's life it's fascinating completely doctor and coming back to you michael in terms of how the cradle of humankind works in terms of uh, the scientific aspect of things and also the tourism side of it how do you actually make sure that uh, everything works in sync here because the scientific the scientific stuff is also fascinating but also the tourism of the area is also another aspect which is also uh, one that is a great example for what the world of anthropology offers to an economy Indeed. I mean, when we first started building the Cradle of Humankind um, some 15, 16 years ago and were declared a World Heritage Site, um, we, there were about 47 um, 
uh, tourism operations in the area. Now, the area is vast. It's about 53,000 hectares. So there are only about 47 uh, tourism operations. Today, there are over 400 tourism operations in the area. Wow. The, so the, the, the growth has been absolutely exponential. It's absolutely fantastic to see the kind of growth that has happened. Uh, we put in you know, the roads, we put in the infrastructure, government did, I'm saying, and, uh, and this is the result, is that you now have jobs for the communities, you now have training that is happening on an ongoing basis for tourism guides, uh, and for the companies that provide the kind of resources for tourists. We have a stream of tourists coming from all over the planet uh, to the cradle of humankind. And I just, for example, had two of my guides training in Mandarin. Oh, so wow. that they can speak uh, to Chinese guests that we're getting at an ever-increasing uh, level to okay. Marping. Now, look, I, I want to look at this whole thing of heritage because this is Africa Month and the heritage element of this. And sometimes heritage is something that's seen as peripheral or something that's idealistic or something that's also just something that has to do with art. Or, you know, sometimes we, we look at it as a peripheral definition, uh, Michael. But in terms of tourism in itself, that's a, a, a big heritage. Just I, be, I believe that things that just attract people to your country are a form of, of heritage themselves when you look at what's happening in in, in the the Gauteng region and in terms of how we complement these different things what's happening in the townships what's happening in uh, the conservation uh, industry and what's happening in terms of your field where you are at the cradle of humankind how, how well are we doing in that regard in terms of lifting up that African heritage and making sure that it is the center and the pinnacle of the tourism industry well, you know, when I welcome anybody into the cradle of humankind, into Mopeng, I always say to them, it doesn't matter where they come from, I say, welcome home. This is, this is the place that you can identify. As that Your heritage comes from here, wherever and whoever you are and wherever you come from. Now, that is something incredibly uh, important for us as Africans to celebrate. Uh, people who are blessed to live on the continent of Africa. Uh, this is something that we can really profile and celebrate. And it's something that we are very, very strong about at Maripeng, that we celebrate our African heritage uh, as a species. And I'll ask the same question, but in light of the research, uh, in, uh, research field in academia, uh, Robin, in terms of uh, these kind of findings, the fact that they're just a few kilometers away from our universities and just around the corner, what do they mean for research and for students and for vibrancy in Africa's uh, uh, research industry? Uh, does it create a more vibrant space for us to debate, talk? I'm sure it does. It's very hypothetical, the question that I'm asking no, Benjamin, you're totally correct. It's it's a real buzz, and it uh, affects students, uh, as I say, from dif different disciplines: geology, anthropology, anatomy, etc. And these are um, African students. These are South Africans. These are uh, Black African students that are getting excited and being trained by people like Lee Berger and John Hawkes. That weren't born and raised in South Africa, but their uh, uh, excitement and passion for their uh, research is being spread, and we're getting more and more South Africans that are benefiting from this research. And, you know, one of our uh, uh, missions is to give uh, post-grad students a vibrant and stimulating uh, education, and 
it certainly does that for them. Mm. And also, just to stay with you, Robin, how were students involved in, 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 in this particular project? I know that there was, when I saw the press release of this, there was a huge number of, uh, a list of individuals who were involved. But how was the oh. University of Witz involved in, in this expedition itself? Well, it's various, various ways. So first of all, so, it's the discovery of the, of the fossils. And you, and you know some of these caves have been a particularly small entrance. And so uh, there was a whole exercise of attracting people from across the world, but also here in South Africa, uh, the, uh, of the right size and shape to be able to get into the, into the cave. <laughs> and then so it, if you have a big belly like me, there's some areas of the cave you can't get you in. You and me both, Benjamin. <laughs> you and me both. Um, but then it's uh, extracting the extracting the fossils, and then the work starts. Then because it's then taking them out of the rock matrix, uh, and then the slow, painstakingly, uh, millimeter by millimeter examination, and and placing this in context. It's it's largely detective work. You know how a detective, uh, mm-hmm. you know, gets a little bit of information and then pieces it together, and and so that. Students are trained not only to understand this, but they're trained to think and to synthesize small pieces of data into these uh, claims and, and reportings. Fantastic. We're going to wrap it up now. Let me take one more break and also we're going to come back and just discuss finally uh, really how do we conserve this information? How do we conserve uh, this uh, breakthrough and make sure that it stays for generations and generations? You're listening to Channel Africa, the African perspective. We're going to uh, come back and have our final insert in the last uh, five minutes of the conversation. Hello and welcome to Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We broadcast from Johannesburg in South Africa and our main aim is to provide you with news, views, knowledge and entertainment from Africa to Africans and listeners from around the world. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa, I am Diana Wanyonye in Mombasa. For Channel Africa, I am Kumbara Munjarere in Johannesburg. Channel Africa, Kinshasa, Jean-Noel Bamweze. Reporting for Channel Africa from Zambia, I am Hilda Kekelwa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Yes, this is Channel Africa, The African Perspective, and you're listening to African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Moshatama. Thank you for being with me on this exciting show, this positive show, where now and then uh, we have positive shows, and this is one of them, and we're looking at this great breakthrough on the African continent. The whole continent can own this. It's not just a South African moment, but uh, the latest discovery is the Homo Naledi and its age. It's been said to have been alive between 300 35 uh, and uh, 236,000 years ago, which makes it uh, uh, possible that this could be the first species of hominid that lived alongside humans in Africa. I'm not sure if that kind of discovery has been made elsewhere in uh, the world. But hey, how do we conserve this knowledge? You know, the big theme on Africa that we've been talking about for years and years and years is how Africans are not very good at telling their own story. 
Sometimes our stories get lost through time and dates. But hey, we live in a new era. We live in a new uh, time where the global space and technology allow us to conserve our knowledge and to conserve our our stories. Now, Dr. Robin Nadrinen, in terms of research, uh, you know, sometimes research is something that's sometimes forgotten. We know right now that this is it, and then we move on very quickly. How do we stimulate that this is information that ordinary people can access and own and kind of uh, take pride in? Well, the um, WITS uh, Institute for uh, Evolutionary Studies uh, not only does this type of research but it also has a significant arm for what we call outreach. And so it tries to make this knowledge uh, popular. Uh, It distills it down into pithy comments that people can understand and grapple with and enjoy. And um, so we have loads of school children from the Gauteng province coming through Wits uh, on a regular basis to view uh, casts of fossils and sure. to speak to people about the, the, the history of these people and these hominid species. And so we try and pass it on to, to, to the layperson in an interesting and stimulating way. Mm-hmm. Michael, I know that that is your job and your function at the cradle of humankind, and, but how do we conserve these stories more? Maybe uh, it shouldn't just be something that just stays at one location. It should be almost viral. You know, the thing that really uh, inspires me is that we get uh, school children from throughout the province and, in fact, throughout Africa coming to visit the cradle of humankind. Oh, great. And what I know for sure is that those children are going to bring their children and they grow up. They often bring their parents uh, and uh, so that there is a, a kind of melting pot of, of heritage and appreciation of heritage and celebration that is going on in the cradle of humankind. And so I think that our heritage for the future is very safe indeed. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for giving us your time. And uh, I know that it was a very simple kind of conversation we had, uh, but uh, it was great to have those uh, snippets. Uh, we had it with our journalist there, Selina Ndobong, who was at the conference. So, hey, let's mix this out. What does this mean for us ordinary people to have these discoveries? Thank you to Dr. Robin Drinen, who is the Director of Research Development at the Wits University. They were very central to these discoveries, uh, Wits University. Thank you as well to Michael Worsnip, who is the Managing Director of Marupeng, uh, the cradle of humankind itself where these uh, expeditions are taking place. Thank you both for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you and goodbye. Fantastic. Now, that takes us uh, to 11.40 Central African time. Hey, what do you think of our program? We want to hear from you. Hey, what more can we do to spread the word that it's possible that Africa is the center, is the origin of humankind? Give us your thoughts on our SMS line on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. You can email us at info at channelafrica.org. Hey, who said we don't have a good story to tell? There you go. We gave it to you right here on African Dialogue. Let's take a quick break with some music. And uh, this one is appropriate. It's Say Africa by Vusi Mashasela. Zimbabwe's border Through 
Over the dry fields of my homeland Coming into Jordan The suntan swimming pools and so went to shirts Airports and railway stations Stranded with a rock back and guitar The languages and the places change And the sky has different stars I may be walking in the streets Of a city called London But the dust on my boots And the rhythm of my feet And my heart say Africa I may be walking in the streets Of a city called Amsterdam But the dust on my boots And the rhythm of my feet And my heart Say Africa 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 You and long and passport controls for countries that don't exist. It's a big world, they have their own problems everywhere, and there's gold in that clenched fist. People ask me where I'm from, I say, Mother Lord Township, in a city called Twani, meaning we are the same. I have a friend who's a great musician and is from Hebei, near King Williamstown, you know where Steve Biko was born. You might have heard or seen a film about Africa, you know it's a big continent with a great gift of Ubuntu. I may be walking in the streets of a city called London, but the dust on my boots and the rhythm of my feet and my heart Africa. I may be walking in the streets of the city called Amsterdam, but the dust on my boots and the rhythm of my feet and my heart say Africa, say Africa.